Ha! 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 The herald angels sing glory to the newborn king. We've come together to be hearkened, to praise God for the wonder and joy of the birth of Jesus Christ, to tell the story again because we are storytellers and story listeners and stories shape us. It's essential, it's an essential part of us that God tells us that he loves us and that he came into the world to live with us so that we may enjoy him forever. That is the greatest story that has ever been told. And it is wonderful to hear that and to go over it again because we know what good news that is. This Christmas, we want to go away feeling that we have given God the honour he deserves for all that he has done. And God is not dishonoured by our present giving and our feasting. The Bible records that Jesus received presents of gold, frankincense and myrrh at his birth. And I can tell you that's better than most of the presents that I see. And God gave the people of Israel festivals and feast days. We are made to party, um, which is uh, wonderful news for us. And we know we should go away happy. For the story of Christmas is a happy story. God is with us. My way into this story today is to look at Charles Wesley's carol, Hark the Herald, Angel Sing. And not just because it's one of my favourites, uh, it's one of the most concise and comprehensive accounts of the Christian faith. Uh, and so accords with the way that we can respond to and think about God. I think it, it's just, we, we can be perfectly in tune with God through this hymn. I say, it, it's concise and comprehensive, and I know that concise is good at Christmas, so I will be. Uh, the carol answers some fundamental questions. Who is Jesus? Well, he's the everlasting Lord who from the highest heaven comes down as the offspring of a virgin's womb. What did Jesus come to do? He came so that God and sinners may be reconciled. How did Jesus do it? He laid down his glory so that no more shall die. How can this life be ours? Through the inward spiritual regeneration so radical that it counts as a second birth. For we sing that our king was born to give us second birth. Isn't that astonishing? Uh, such a familiar song really gets to the heart of the gospel, the gospel in three short verses. Uh, I don't intend to dwell on every line, but it is brilliantly composed and fits so well with what we want to say today. And the tune is uplifting, as we will sing shortly. Hark! The herald angels sing. Listen, something wonderful is happening. God's messengers, his angels, have a message for us from heaven. Hark, look up, listen up. 
A beautiful song of good news is coming down from the heavenly host. These angels have a message, first for Joseph and Mary, and then for the shepherds, and today for us and and the whole world. A new king has been born. God's heralds, the angels, declare the glory of this birth. Mary's first son, God's only son. And more than that, a newborn king. Not because Joseph was a king or Mary was a queen, but because, as the Gospel writer Matthew records at the beginning of his account of Jesus' birth, Joseph could trace his lineage back to King David. Joseph was a descendant of King David. And Matthew records for us that Joseph was the husband of Mary, of whom Jesus was born, the Jesus who is called Christ, or Messiah, or King. God had promised David through the prophet Nathan that there would be a king in the line of David who would reign forever. And it is the birth of that king that got the angels so excited and got human beings listening to that joyful news and singing of it. We sing of our king who brought peace on earth and and mercy mild, and he reconciled sinners to God. In this we remember and give thanks to God for his grace, for in his mild mercy, his one and only son came to earth to die for the sins, our sins in our place. What a brilliant phrase to capture God's love for us at the cross. Mercy mild. We should be there. But in God's mercy, Jesus was in our place. And by seeing that as mercy mild and trusting that Jesus died for us, we sinners are reconciled with God. His holiness does not cast us out or overwhelm us. He opens his arms to us, no matter what we've done or no matter what we will do. And in his arms we find peace, that deep contentment of being where we belong. There is peace in the images of a child spending his first night safely in a manger, peace in shepherds watching their flocks by night, and peace in Magi from the east bringing presents. We give presents sometimes to to make peace. Of course, Jesus did not come to a peaceful world. The Romans were in occupation of Bethlehem. Herod the Great would quickly form a plan to get rid of Jesus, and Jesus and his parents would flee as refugees to Egypt. The world had been at war with its creator since the days of Adam and Eve, and yet this baby would bring peace on earth. And there is peace for those who take this carol to their lips. Not always peace in our families or in our politics or between nations, but peace with God. We need not fear him or hide from him as Adam and Eve did. We can welcome him here with us to our birthday party for his son because of his mercy mild. 
This peace was not just for God's chosen people, Israel, but for all who love and trust him. And therefore, all the nations can rise joyfully and join the triumph in the skies. With the angelic host, we proclaim, Christ is born in Bethlehem. Hark, the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. All that in one verse. It's brilliant. The idea of joining the triumph of the skies is one of the images in this carol that warms me the most. With our picture of the earth from space and our sense of the vastness of space, it can sometimes seem, uh, as another song goes, the sun and you and me and all the stars that you can see are moving at a million miles an hour in an outer spiral arm at 40,000 miles an hour of the galaxy we call the Milky Way. When we think of the vastness of space, we can think we are so insignificant. Earth, a, a speck of dust, insignificant of the, in the scale of the galaxy, let alone in the universe. But we get to join the host of angels with God in the heavens. And we get to see God in this newborn child. And God sees us. For all the vastness of space, God is with us. In the second verse we sing, Christ by highest heaven adore, Christ the everlasting Lord. All of heaven adores this newborn King because they know who he is and, and what he will do. And they know he, he comes out of love to die out of love. God's love penetrates and inspires heaven and every part of the heavenly host. The Son has been loved in all eternity as everlasting Lord, and this is the Lord who has come among us. Not in a palace, or temple, but in a humble house, in a humble place like Bethlehem, to humble but godly parents. Late in time, behold him come, offspring of a virgin's womb. Uh, as Alex showed so well for us a few weeks ago, it's so significant for all humanity, and, and women in particular, that God did not just materialize as an adult. If he could create the universe, he could certainly appear as an adult. But no, by his choice, he spent nine months among all the gurgling sounds of Mary's womb and was not only formed in a womb, but made from Mary, in utero and, and when fed from her breast. Charles Wesley, who wrote this carol, was a master of contrast and dramatic revelation, for immediately after this beautifully domestic and intimate image, we sing of the child's glorious divinity. Offspring of a virgin's womb, veiled in flesh, the Godhead see. We can see God. As Jesus will say in John 10, I and the Father are one. And in John 14, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? 
In Jesus, we see God. And so this Christmas, while bringing to our minds the birth of a child in modest circumstances, we can sing, Hail the incarnate deity, the one and only living God, living in human flesh with us. Pleased is all with us to dwell, Jesus, our Emmanuel. Now, when we sing this, we claim our place in Israel. That's quite a big claim. It's a nice line, but if you actually think about what it means, we are claiming our place in Israel, grafted into, uh, by, grafted into Israel by our faith in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob the God of Moses and the God of Isaiah who spoke these God-given words. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. All the promises made through Abraham, Moses and the prophets are ours, realised through Jesus. Our carol keeps going with words of Isaiah, this time Isaiah 9. For Isaiah prophesied 700 years before this birth in Bethlehem. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And I want to join the heavenly host singing Handel's Messiah. And we gather today to praise our heaven-born Prince of Peace, the Son of Righteousness. That is, Son with a U, not Son with an O. Of course, he is the S-O-N of righteousness because God is righteous. He always acts rightly and is the source of righteousness. But here our cat. Carol captures the brightness and brilliance and life-givingness of the sun in the sky. The sun who, like the word of God, shows us the truth. And the sun that is beautiful and reveals the beauty of God's creation. The sun that brings us warmth and life and joy. St. Augustine wrote, Our hearts are restless until we find our rest in thee. And this is because God is the source of all joy. The things we love are from him and are lovely because they bear his signature. Light and life to all he brings, risen with healing in his wings. Just think of the things that we see God's hand in. The bush, the beach, the sunset. So much that we find joyful in this life, created by our God who loves us. Our praise through this carol closes by returning to the mystery of the incarnation. The God, that God would leave all he has in heaven to come to suffer and die as a human Mild he lays his glory by. The the carol captures these words of Paul in Philippians 2, which Margaret read for us. Who being in very nature, sorry, the 
Okay, okay, anyway. Who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance of a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. All of that captured in these few closing words. Mild he lays his glory by, born that we we no more may die, born to raise the sons of earth, born to give them second birth. Born to save us, so that we may sing glory to our newborn King, whose birthday we celebrate today. Well, enough of me. Let's sing. Let's proclaim the glories of God in the birth of our newborn King. Hark the herald, angels sing. Please stand.